Welcome to New York's Finest, Retired and Unfiltered Podcast. The mission of this podcast is to explore the life and experiences of those who at one time held a front row ticket to the greatest show on earth, policing the streets of New York City. This show hosts a wide variety of guests from all walks of life and professions, but remains centered around introducing retired members of the NYPD to our audience while having real unfiltered discussions. Please tune in each week and like and subscribe to hear true crime stories and opinions on past and present events like you've never heard them before. Democrats like to say that no one needs an AR-15 for self-defense. That no one could possibly need all 30 rounds. But when this rifle is the only thing standing between your family and a dozen angry Democrats in Klan hoods, you just might need that semi-automatic in all 30 rounds. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show Pastor Jerome Davison. Uh, the pastor is a former Arizona State University student athlete, football player. He's a former member of the NFL, uh, Oakland Raiders, I believe, right? That's right. Run, running back, sir? Fullback. Fullback. They didn't want um, to give me the ball. That's it. He recently ran for U.S. House to represent Arizona's 4th Congressional District. He was committed to protecting freedom, combat corruption, organize actual action and spiritually up, uplift and unite people. I mean, I just played his video. I know everybody loved his video. It was a real true chaka for the whole world to see. And, um, you know, and, and he, he, he faced a lot of attacks here. He's joining us today. New York, New York's finest retired and unfiltered podcast uh, to promote event when he's coming to New York on February 4th. And he's here to talk about it, pastor. It's an honor. It's a privilege. Thank you for joining us. Man, I'm excited to be here. Thank you very much for having me on. And I'm just really honored to be on with a with a, a person like you who lay your life on the line for the protection and safety of civilians, even in the face of perverted teaching coming from the left of, about the police protection and the need for police officers. I'm really praying for you all, praying for your families and all officers and fire uh, fire safety workers that will go out there and lay your life on the line. I'm just really thankful for you. And may the Lord bless you. May the Psalm 91 be on you. May the Lord's feathers protect you in Jesus' name. But I'm um, thank you, man. Thankful. I've been pastoring now for close to 30 years. I was pastoring also while I was playing football for the Oakland Raiders in the NFL. I was the team chaplain for the Raiders while I was there. Al Davis came to my Bible studies just before the, we started the uh, the games on Sunday mornings. And uh, the first time he came into one of my Bible studies, but the whole team is there. The trainers are there. Everybody's in there while I'm teaching the word. And uh, he came in and sat right on the front row and folded his legs, sat his out over, over his lap. And uh, and uh, I, I stuttered most of the time. I don't even know what I was teaching. He just really made me nervous. You know, he's the owner of the team and everything. But after that, he says, hey, man, I, I like the fact that you have a, a faith in God. Stay with it. Keep it going. So he just kept me encouraged. So, But yeah, man, I'm excited. I ran for U.S. Congress here in, in Arizona because I saw the darkness and spiritual warfare that was taking place in politics like no other time. I've never seen 
a time where we would see a great manifestation of the spiritual war that was taking place in heaven between the fallen angel Satan and the angels of God, Michael and his angels, and it's now in the midst of us. Now we have a political party telling us that we're not going to have prayer. We're going to take away your right to call yourself a man. We're going to end our prayers with a man and a woman, all types of perversion. And uh, it seemed like the church is not going to participate. So I said, you know what? I am the church and I'm going to get more involved in politics. And I want to encourage every Christian, every parent, every pe per person out there to get involved in politics because policies guide our lives. And it's very important that we vote for traditional marriage, that, that girls and boys and children need to, to be educated in English, math, science, history, those things, instead of being taught, you know, to hate each other based on race or to be taught sexuality from the government. Yeah, I mean, as, we, as we're losing immorality in society, I really believe it's because we're going further and further away from faith. You know, I was I was I had the privilege of attending uh, Ron DeSantis's inauguration down in Florida, and right. I found it very interesting. He had two priests speak, one before he spoke and one after he spoke, one after he swore his oath of office. And both times they both prayed over him. They both prayed that God that he fear God. And he remember that he's a servant of God and he's a servant of the people, that he's there not only as a leader, but as a servant. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it really struck a chord with me because that's what I think we're seeing a lot in politics and politics weighs in on our everyday life. So anyone when I hear the, the when I hear anyone tell me oh, I, don't, I don't get involved in politics, I'm like, then then you're an idiot. Like, yeah. you, you know, it, it, it involves everything in our life. And I'm Definitely. like. If, if, if we have someone that thinks they answer to nobody and fears nothing, they are the ultimate power. Right. Um, do, do we want to give that in, to any man? That's a, that's a big mistake. And when I was knocking on doors, I knocked on thousands of doors and I ran for Congress here. Many people was very surprised. And, you know, first of all, I'm a black guy knocking on doors here in Arizona and that I was out there in the heat. You know, you know, I used to be your color brother. And then I got, got in the sun out here and started knocking on doors. <laughs> now nah, and, uh, but, but but when you turn your lights on, when you pump gas into your car, when you go into the grocery store, you're looking at politics. When you talk about education, you talk about church, you talk about the streets being paved, you talk about bridges, or as we saw, the airline functioning and, and going, that's politics. It, it takes your vote and you being alert and astute at the things that the government is pushing and teaching and passing for laws that, that's good for you and not good for you. And so this government has opened our border up and I'm at a border state here in Arizona. Crime has skyrocketed. I mean, skyrocketed. We're seeing hotels uh, take the name off like Holiday Inn Select. They're taking the name off and just it's just no name. That's how you can identify that that hotel has been bought out for the government to house illegals there. You go into your local Walmart on any day, on any given day, and you may have to speak another language because most of the people in there, and I'm not just talking about Spanish, but languages from around the world. And uh, our country is being taken from us right in our faces only because people don't want to get involved in politics. Well, either you get involved in politics or your country is going to be taken away from you and your children. And so we have to stand up and do what's right. 
Absolutely. I, I listen, I, I applaud you. You know, you, you put yourself on a national attention and you were being attacked nationally. You know, I remember the, the time of that of that video releasing and I was following you on social media and I saw the things that were being said about you um, and the attacks that were coming on. And I said, I, you know, I don't think you said anything that crazy. I mean, the the the. the the KKK were were Democrats. I mean, and that's why somebody would need a rifle. And you were just standing up for, yeah. for you, the United States Constitution, something that every politician swears an oath before God to uphold. Yet every time they step into office, you know, they directly go after that document. You know, they, they want to take that. And the, the guns were not given to us to go hunt deer or anything like that. Our guns and Second Amendment was given to us to protect us against a tyrannical government. Because those that established that Second Amendment had, uh, you know, some ties to England and they saw that that king over there was tyrannical and they came over and established a government and rules and laws that would help us keep free from that type of tyrannical, tyrannical stuff. And so, yeah, when I hit them with the truth that the KKK, because a lot of the young people, you know, the public schools teach them that Republicans established the KKK and the, uh, the segregation laws, the Jim Crow laws and all that kind of stuff. It's why you see Joe Biden who attended the, and who did the eulogy for Robert Byrd, Senator Robert Byrd, who was a devout racist, a leader of the KKK Klan. And at his funeral, it was Obama, Joe Biden, and Hillary Clinton, all of them there talking about how Robert Byrd was a great man and their mentor, and he taught them all these different things. And so people don't pay attention. My video spoke the truth. I told them that the Democrats started the KKK. One of the great things I saw from it was that I saw a lot of black YouTubers uh, talking. They, they actually had to do some research and they brought it up and it was talking about who started the KKK. And eventually they had to come around and, and admit to the truth that, OK, right, it was the Democrats. But they had this but they had this B.U.T. in there that the party switched. This is the, the well, the party's never switched. You'd have to, in order to switch a party, you'd have to have some type of government documentation to do that. That you just can't do that just on a whim. You know, it's like you going out and messing up your credit, and I go to somebody with perfect credit, and say, I messed up my credit, let's switch. <laughs> let me let me have your social security number and let me give you mine and let's just switch credit. No, you can't do you're not gonna do no one's gonna do that. And so the Republican Party has always had a a, a freedom of rights to blacks or whoever, all Americans. And uh, the Democrats have always had an anti-freedom uh, for all Americans. Yeah, yeah, the great switch. I, re I remember, I remember hearing about that. Uh, I had a few arguments about that too. I believe it was like five congressmen like switched over from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party, and we're actually seeing that now in New York City. We're seeing a lot of leftist progressives that went sort of moderate as the elections came, that now that they had some redistricting and new zoning, now they're actually coming out and saying, oh, I'm a Republican now. So, I mean, okay, even, even if they get elected as a Republican, you're not a Republican. You That's were right. supporting this left-wing radical agenda just six months ago. Right. You know, Just because you switched, you didn't change the face of values and morals in, in, the, in the party. Um, a lot of them are going to masquerade as Republicans, we're going to see that. We're going to see a whole lot of that. So this is why I'm going to ask all voters to be very, you know, know your politics. You know, listen for all the all the little little things that uh, that that are leftist and that are that belong to the right. And they're going to come in with all the, you know, America first. They're going to, they're going to close the border. We've got to put up the wall. But when you start talking about, you know, uh, freedom of choice, 
you know, abortion. And those are the kind of things they're not going to do that because that's really a part of their religion. That that's like a religion to them, you know. So uh, they're not going to turn from that. They, they'll start talking about a woman's body, but but abortion is not about the woman's body. It's about the baby's body. And so that's what people like me and people like you are standing up for is for that innocent life to be protected from people who uh, basically have murder in their heart. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely. I, I I can't even say enough about it. Like you know, I, I was just telling my wife the other day. I said uh, I said it's funny. You know, like we will find the smallest form of life on a planet because we were talking about planets with the kids, and we'll say we found life, but we'll say that's something that's in a woman's body isn't 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 life. You they, know, they'll fight for a way to call, to say it's not life and that it's it's not human. Yeah, we all, all every one of us who we call ourselves humans, we all started in that same process. But what are we? Yeah. What does that feed us? The fetus is a human. These people are really and and they and a lot of people over on the left are really dealing with a lot of mental things. And I really feel bad for them. But today's societies and policies and the Democrat policies are supporting that uh, that mental illness. And they're forcing us to surrender our rights and our correct thinking to supporting mental illness instead of correcting it, you know? So when a, when a guy walks into a, a girl's bathroom and say, hey, I'm, I'm a girl today, I'm a woman, you know, because my mind says I'm a woman. Well, you know, uh, young man, you're gonna have to get yourself uh, some mental help and get on some medication or something because my daughter and my granddaughter is going in that bathroom and I'm not gonna let you go in there with them, you know? You know, for one, you're a man, and then two, you're dealing with some mental problems, and uh, that's not safe. I mean, just just be honest about that. Yeah. And so America does not want to face reality and honesty, and I think that was the problem with America when it came to Donald Trump. He didn't do a lot of the little play around words. He was a straightforward man. You ask him a question, you get an honest answer. It wasn't a lot of a lot of politics and sophistries and all the dancing around. It was just a straightforward thing. That's what I appreciated about him, because, I mean, any man that you can get to be open about what they're going to do, but then you can pretty much see their heart. But when they dance around it and politicize it and massage it for a while, like like Obama did, uh, you can't trust them because there's something being concealed. Absolutely. No, there's there's some narrative today that we as as humans are perfect, that a human could be a perfect form. And I'm going to pick your flaws and your weaknesses apart and that you won't ever err in life when it's the exact opposite. We're all imperfect creatures. We've all made mistakes. We all fail every day. And to sit there and try to put anybody up on a pedestal, you're not being honest with yourself. You're not being honest in society, you know, and we're being led to be divided. And like you said, what not only are we growing mental illness, we're growing drug addicts, we're growing criminals, criminals. We're doing all this by way of politics and division and letting all of our differences divide us. Oh, you're a man. Oh, you're a black man. Oh, you're a gay black man. Oh, you're a this, you're a that and division and division and division. Right, right. And then they shake us up into a powder keg until it explodes. Well, who's, who's perpetuating that officer? Who, what party is pushing that? Absolutely. If, and they're, they're saying it was the Republicans when we switched. They're the ones that are still using race, race and uh, identity politics. They're still doing it. This is what they're good at. Absolutely. When they came in, they began to the first priority to, for them was to make sure that a transgender can go in the bathroom. That was the first one of the first, maybe the, the fifth top five 
of his executive orders was to make sure that, that the transgenders can go in the bathroom. And at the time, what were we dealing with? A pandemic. What were we dealing with? We were dealing with high soaring gas prices. What were we dealing with? We were dealing with crime. We are dealing with an open border. And they made that a priority. It's just insane. It's really insane to me. So, so Pastor, you're coming, you're coming to Jamaica, New York, right? You're coming here, you're coming uh, February 4th for a day of prayer and hope for our nation, right? And that's going to yeah. be uh, prayers, prophets, and patriots, prayer, prophet, and patriot event. Yeah. Um, could you tell us what your, what your mission is, what your vision for that event is, um, and, wh and what the message you want to relay as you're coming into the, you know, into really the den, of which I'd like to call it as, uh, you know, the, the pit where not many want to go anymore, New York City. Um, well, I'm coming to New York City, but I, I, was a, I was a resident of California for a long time. So, you know, uh, it's, it's no big difference there. It's just, you know, New York City, y'all just got a, a greater accent. Yeah. But, but we're coming with a word from the Lord. We're coming with a, a political word. We're coming with a word of prayer. Daniel was more of a, a, a governor and a political body, a person of politics, than he was a prophet. He was a governor in four kingdoms the Persian, the Roman, the uh, the Grecian Empire, and the Babylonian Empire, all four. And uh, so he was more of a governor. And uh, and so we want to bless the people and help people make a decision right now in this time, a decision that is going to stand for right, really to stand for humanity right now. Because of what I believe is, is happening is that uh, humanity is under attack. And when you force a, a, a human being to take something into their body that they don't even know what the ingredients are, and so you can't feed your family. You can't, you know, you can't go to your job. You can't fly. You can't travel without taking this shot. It's not right. It's inhumane. And so uh, we're going to come with a great word. We want to pray over the people and ask God to bless the people. And even those who have taken the shot, you've taken the shot, or maybe you just, you know, supported all the political things that's against humanity. There is a chance. There is hope. God wants to restore you, and God wants to love you and show you that He's still there for you, and He wants to help New York and He wants to help America. Oh, we appreciate it. I mean, we're going through a rough time now. I, I, I don't know if you know that the, the release of uh, the body camera of the five Memphis police officers that were just recently charged in the death yeah. of a, a young black male. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're being led into a powder keg right now. Antifa and BLM are organizing as we speak. Uh, they're holding this body camera. They're building up on the anticipation and they're going right. to release it at the exact worst time to release it. 6 p.m. on a Friday night. Right. Which will not deter anybody from going out onto the streets. Right. Um, is, there, is there anything that you could tell uh, not, not only the men and women in law enforcement, but the, but the residents of New York City? Um, is there any, any advice or, or prayer you could offer, Pastor? Well, I would say is that don't believe the, the narrative that's going to come with that, because now you see the, the rise of Antifa again. Why? Why is Antifa arising again? Why, why all of a sudden? Are they arriving again after two years of silence? Why? Because the Republicans just took the House. And now they're getting ready to be released back on the streets to cause havoc and cause problems for the American people. Do not tolerate it. Don't tolerate it. I mean, there's no, don't go out there with sticks or guns or, or vigilantes or anything like that, but do not accept it. Don't agree with it. Don't agree with it. We're going to pray and ask God to stop it and help us to stop it because it's a spiritual thing. It's, it's the spirit of violence. And instead of being the KKK with the hoods on, the Democrats have now loosed these former criminals from around the country. What you're going to see at these Antifa rallies, 
is that the people that they arrest are going to be former teachers or current teachers. They're going to be uh, criminals from other states and cities, and they're going to be illegal aliens, all Democrats supporting. So we're going to pray the Psalm 91 prayer over the people. But first, God says this, that my people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. And when people feed you disinformation, misinformation, or something like that, they do it with the purpose of deceiving you so that they can feed you wrong information so that you can be destroyed. So they purposely deceive you because they hate you. They want control over you, and we want to stop it. So come on out on us with us on February 4th. New York City, you need a change. You need a revival. What's happening over you is a principality, a spirit, a regional or a geographical spirit over New York, just as it is over over. Uh, San Francisco and Oakland and Atlanta and Michigan and all these different places, geographical spirits that are dominating the spiritual airways and they're causing havoc over there. But Daniel said in his prayer, Daniel prayed 21 days and he fasted 21 days. And the angel Gabriel came and told him, said it was the prince of Persia in the heavenlies that held me up and stopped me from coming. And so those princes can stop prayer, God's word, prosperity, and they can also wreak havoc and bring violence. So this is the purpose of this. Bring, it, bring your families and friends out and let us come together and agree in prayer for God's deliverance. Oh, thank you for that. It's, uh, it's, it's super important at this time. I don't know if you've seen recently in New York, we're replacing statues now. We replaced the statue at Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. And, and, we're, and on top of our courthouse, we're putting okay. statue of, of a demon, of an a actual demon. I saw it. She's got the horns and she's got the mini arms. Yep. The mini arms represents one of those deities from India, which is a war goddess. And the horns, of course, represent Satan. Um, listen, these people who are what they call themselves elitists and people who are on the left and the Democrats, they feel like this is their hour. This is their hour to loose Satanism and the hour of Satan. And they're very excited about it. Let me tell you something. By the time, around the time when the pandemic began to roll out, a lot of Hollywood actors and singers started releasing a video doing an old John Legend song. And the song was Imagine, right? And it had an eerie feeling. It was, uh, it was like an eerie feeling. And I was like, Lord, why is this, why am I feeling eerie about this song? You know what I mean? But they knew, they, they're in on the know of what was being released on America and on the world, it was the spirit of death and the spirit of deception. Many people have died from the shots, from the COVID and all this stuff, and, and they were excited about it. And, in, and there were videos going around too with the nurses in those empty hospitals and doctors, and they were all dancing and doing these videos at the time of death and destruction in America. And so when you see these statues and stuff like this coming out, you know that they feel like they're rolling out the time of their Lord so, uh, lowercase l, Satan. It's a spiritual battle, people. And if you're not in prayer, and if you're not using the spiritual weapons, which is the word of God and prayer, well, then you're losing, you're losing the spiritual battle because what's, what was once in the spirit always becomes manifested in the natural. And uh, I, listen, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day, but I just got to ask you one thing because you kind of spoke on it. You kind of spoke on it already. Antifa, right? Like you said, they come from out of state. Um, I, you know, I keep saying they're highly organized 
They're highly organized organization that's well-funded. When they come, they come with legal teams. They come with refreshments. They Mm -hmm. come with cameras, with their own media, with their own narrative. And we're being told throughout America by all of our media outlets, including the president of the United States, that Antifa is not an organization. They are not well-organized. They are not. Could you just tell us what you believe Antifa to be? Antifa is the modern day KKK because the KKK was developed in that time in the 60s and in the 50s to stop freedom, to stample freedom, to attack people for their voting rights, to stop people from from voting for the Republicans, to stop you from using your Second Amendment. They were very angry about that. And so the Democrats used the the people in the hood to, to disguise their identity and to attack black people and white people and the white people who supported them. Now it's changed. Somebody was in my videos talking about the KKK hadn't been seen in years. The KKK hadn't been seen in years. But the KKK is still here because here you have a bunch of leftist, rich, white kids and criminals. Criminals. This is why the courts are doing this. This is all synchronized, man. This is why these judges that there's George Soros appointed judges are letting these criminals out on the street. And they're, I see in, in New York, you guys are experiencing very heavy, the where the, a person can go out and shoot someone and be back out on the street with no cash bail and back out on the street doing all the stuff they do. It's, it's insane. Uh, and these are the people, type of people that join Antifa and they are paid. They have uh, gallons and gallons and, and, and buckets of, of frozen bottles to throw at the police, but, uh, bricks, stones, all this stuff is, is coordinated by, by someone. Someone is funding them, and it's the Democrats. And when the Democrats come out and tell you, oh, that's just an imagination. Antifa is not an organization. That, that's just an imagination. Well, an imagination just burnt down a whole city. An imagination just killed a man. Imagination just killed an innocent family. Imagination just destroyed car lots. I mean, come on, man. They're covering up for it because that's their baby. And uh, if you don't mind, could you just speak real quick about how race is being used to divide communities and law enforcement as well? Like how how is being perpetrated against us to to pit individuals against each other? Um, if, from your opinion, what you see, I have a lot of I have a lot of haters that that follow the show that you know they attack me all day. They say I'm a racist. I'm a KKK. I'm this. I'm that. And, you know, because I seek the truth, because I'll bring in statistics, I'll bring in whatever it is. I'm not afraid to ask a question. Um, and, I, you know, I, I don't I don't believe that the NYPD is systemically racist. I've I've worked, you know, with with everybody. Uh, my you know, my my friends look like the United Nations. You know, I, I treat individuals by how they treat me. You know, I have I've, I've encountered people that look just like me, speak like me, dress like me, that are the worst kind of individuals that I'll never let in my home. And I, I've ran into people that don't speak my language or a different religion than me. And I would invite them in my home any day and give them the keys to my house. Um, could, could you just speak on that for the people? Just what, what, we, what you would recommend to, to not to not get caught up in, into yeah, that? And I, would, I would recommend for, for white people like you to keep saying what you're saying and keep telling the truth. I don't care how many times they call you a racist because the truth is the truth. And this it's only that's only the Democrats. They can only use stuff like that to try to end the argument by shutting down the argument. They don't want to speak. They don't want to talk statistics or facts or anything like that. So just keep on saying it regardless of that, you know? So I was raised in Mississippi. So people say 
that there was a bunch of races down there, man. But but I still have some of the greatest friends from those days. We hunt once uh, state championships together in football and all, all kinds of stuff. Some of my best friends. But here's the deal. The government, especially when it's systemic racism, exists only when the Democrats are in power. Okay? This is what they did to the Black community. We had a hero in Malcolm X, but Malcolm X was never seen by the media to be a hero. So they raised up Martin Luther King Jr. And what Martin Luther King Jr. do? He disarmed the black community. He, he, he made them put their guns down and just trust in religious and just let it, let it be peace. Let them sit their dogs on you. Let them shoot you, beat you up, lock you up and do all of these things to you, destroy you, pull your weapon, your family, kill you. And you don't defend yourself. You just let God do it. And Malcolm X was out there saying, hey, you have, a, as a citizen of the United States, you have the Second Amendment. So they propagandized America, especially the Black Americans, because let me tell you something. No one hates Black Americans more than Democrats. No one. Their hate for Black Americans is demonic. They want to see you dead. And this is why the Black community has never reached past 12% of the American population because their plan has been diabolical evil and it has worked. The abortion plan has worked. The, the killing of black men in black America, cities like New York and Atlanta, San Francisco, Oakland, all the, they, they do it. When are they gonna stop it? You, some black dude came up to me uh, and I was at a running for Congress and he came up and he was arguing with me about the school shooting in Texas. And I was just you know, trying to get him to calm down because I'm trying to make my point. You know, his point was really nothing because he's talking about these guns, these guns are shooting, killing all these guns with these assault weapons, assault weapons. So finally, I had to address him. OK, I said, look, let me let me let me. You want to talk about assault weapons, man? You have semi-automatic weapons, Uzis, machine guns and all types of guns in the black community. And every weekend, a hundred of us die. OK. But you're getting mad. You're slobbing and you got snot coming out of your nose because some white kids got killed. Now you're upset because the white kids are killed. But when black people are killed, you ain't got no smoke. He shut up. Now, if you were concerned about assault weapons and these guns, why don't you attack your government and tell them to go in there and get the guns out of the hands of these dang on criminals that's shooting innocent mothers and their children dead in the black community. We can't even attend the funeral. Uh, while we're at a funeral, they're kids shooting into the funeral. The, but football players and NBA players, they're not out there kneeling down in front of the funeral home and in the black community because it's not going to get them the press. They already know that the plantation is not going to give them the attention they want when you talk about saving black lives, but when you want to save a black life, a white life and save some white kids in school, and I'm not, I'm not diminishing their lives. Their lives are very important. But when you talk about, when you compare a hundred black lives to one white life, look, look at the numbers. So when black people come on here and they try to bring smoke to you, that stuff, you're talking about, you're dealing with ignorant, brainwashed, propagandized people who need to be taught some history. No, thank you for saying that. I mean, because that's you're like you're like you just said, hundreds of black children are killed every weekend and boo, nothing said about it. Nothing. No. If you get a news story, 
Nobody, nobody's in an uproar. Nobody wants to hear anything. You got New York City mayor. Crime's not that big a deal. It's just the perception. It's just your perception. It's it's all right. Everything's fine. And we're we're leading black youth down a road of criminality, which is a path to hell. It it truly like we, we like by removing consequence for action, we we are growing criminals and we're and we're upending the black community and all communities, particularly one of the, one of the most racist things that these people are doing to black people is they're letting them go through school without even testing. When, and they say the black kids, the black kids don't require them to pass a test to graduate high school. Do you know how racist that is? Do you know, do you know how hateful that is? Because when you release these kids in the community, what are they gonna do? They don't know how to fill out an application. When you, so they feel hopeless, you give them the drugs, you teach them to sell their bodies, you teach them to twerk and pop that booty and then go sell it. You understand? This is what's devastating the black community. When you have policies that are passed down from the Democrats to keep black people ignorant and hateful towards each other. Here's, and here's the, the magic word they use in the black community. The magic word is gun violence. Pastor Jerome, you're supporting gun violence. I said, let me tell you something. Stop with the gun violence. If you lay a gun down, the gun ain't going to jump up and be violent to nobody. But when you have evil in your heart, towards your own brother, you will pick that gun up and you will kill him. So the violence isn't in the heart of the gun. The violence in the black community is in the heart of the black man against the other black man. And when you deal with that and stop saying, no, the gun isn't the violence, it's the violence that the black man has in his own heart for the other black man, get rid of that and you'll get rid of the violence. Don't blame it on the gun. Oh, because absolutely. if you don't have a gun, you will have Cain kill Abel. He found something. There was no technology back then. He, what, what did he kill him with? A stick? A branch? What did he do? Choke him? When you have hate in your heart for somebody, you're going to find a way to kill him. It doesn't have to be a gun. I, I keep saying that this is what's going on right now is Cain versus Abel on, on a grand scale. Like this is what we're seeing. The battle in society is Cain is versus Abel. The envious and the hateful worried about their failures projecting it on to people who are focused and doing the right thing and maybe it's not you know and and it's 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 crazy and and i'm glad you spoke on malcolm x too because that's that's that that was i i i, I was always raised and taught oh he was a racist he was a racist he was a racist and then i listened to him speak and he gave the speech the bullet or the ballot box yeah and after i heard it i was like wow it's pretty hateful but then i I step back and I, and I put myself into his shoes and I'm like, my children are being demonized. I'm being demonized. My community's being put, put into, 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 uh, into harm's way. We're being led down the wrong path. Sort of what I feel like today. And at the time I was reading it, I was under the pressures of the vaccine mandate for, for New York city police department. And I'm like, no, he's exactly right. Yeah. He, that's a hundred percent how a man should feel. Right. And then and then he gave the other speech where he spoke on. He spoke on liberals and conservatives, and he said liberals you can find in both parties in Republican and Democrat. Mm -hmm. He goes and the same is true for conservatives, but the liberals have a devious plan. That's right. He told them he warned the black community about the Democrats. He warned them. And. Yep. 
it just, it's just, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how many times you enlighten the black community on this. Um, they just still don't want to receive it. They don't want to receive it uh, because they're going to always have some black uh, superstar, some black talking head pundit on TV to whip them back into shape. If you try to step out of the, you're a black person to try to step out of the, the, the Democrat plantation mindset and you step out there and support the conservative cause of America first, be America first, well, then you're a coon, you're a soft shoe cooner, a, a, a Uncle Tom and all this. Listen, I took I took all of that. I'll take all of that because I had to, I have to take all that stuff being a Christian in this in this world too. But do you think you're gonna your little name calls is, is gonna stop me from serving Jesus? Never. Because I believe that my conservative stance ties in with my faith. I will never vote for anybody that's gonna say same sex is approved, not with my name on it. I'm never gonna vote for that a young boy can can have his innocence taken, you know, uh, and 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 have his uh, his uh, gender changed without the parent. I'm never going to vote for that. Never. So, so you have to get involved in politics. And you, you know, people say vote for the, the lesser of two evils. No, just vote for the policies that reflect your faith. Uh, does your faith reflect the uh, same sex gender? Does your faith reflect transgender? Does your faith reflect that your mom shouldn't be called a, a mom or a mother? to get rid of Mother's Day and Father's Day? No, that's not your faith. Your faith is, is that God from the beginning, Elohim, the master, the, the, the one and only God, created them male and female, and then he blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. What's the reverse of that? When you bring two men to two men together, you bring a curse and there is no multiplication. And this is exactly what the Democrat platform is. It is a platform of death to humanity. So you kill them in the womb, you kill them, you, you give them a sex change at eight years old, they'll never have children. And then you let them marry the same sex and they'll never have children. Do you see how, how it goes? And then you force them to take a shot that will possibly mess up their their reproductive organs. Yeah, and you and you and you go after any strong men, anyone, anyone that's willing to speak out or push against the narrative, you know. Yeah. We hear all this stuff at all these ceremonies about integrity, honor, all this stuff. And I'm like, where, where's the integrity been the last two years in, yeah. in our elected official, even in, in our law enforcement leaders throughout the country? I mean, in, in the major Democratic strongholds, I haven't seen any leadership. I haven't seen any integrity. I haven't seen any strong men. You know, if, if anything, during this time, I've seen more women stand up and be strong and speak yeah. out more than the men. So I, I appreciate you coming here, not only as a pastor, but as a strong man and, yeah. and, and, and being unafraid and speaking in the spirit of God, because it's, it's really, you know, our truths all matter, right? I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm not saying that you're right, but that is your truth. And there is one truth, which is God, you know? Um, well, see, this is why public discourse is, is very important. If you, if you just mask and suppress one side of you, and uh, and just let the other one have the free course. Well, then you you don't have you don't have the argument. You can't show the public who's won the discourse, who won the the, the exchange of ideas. That's what debating was about. You know what I mean? You you want to hear both uh, of the uh, the candidates and hear their ideas and how they're going to clash and, and fix the things. You know what I mean? You want to hear their ideas on different subjects. But when they try to take your right away from speaking truth, well, then that means they just want to dominate you. 
Absolutely. They just, to, they just want you to be dominated. They they want you. They got you. Absolutely. It's a control narrative. Yeah. I agree with you 100 percent. It's all control. I mean, and, and I keep saying it. How, how could it be this scary to ask a question? You know, I know how could it be this scary to ask a question. Yeah, like, why yeah. can't we ask questions and why are you afraid to answer them? An honest person, you know, an honest person. Look, you don't have to come on that show. You're coming out. You're speaking to the people. The majority of politicians will not come on here. I do have politicians that come on here and I applaud them because they don't know which way I'm going to go, where I'm going to go, what question I'm going to ask. And to me, those are genuine people, even if I don't agree with what their policies are, what they're saying, you know, the the people that they may align with my politics, supposedly, or they may align with me, supposedly, but afraid to actually answer a question or ask a question. I I don't I I have no faith in that person. I would never vote for a person like that. And I don't want that person, you know, and, and. Again, I, I'll, another thing I, I, I've been saying constantly is we're being led by our inferiors, right? Um, so, exactly. you know, so like I, I, I applaud you for, for putting, your, putting your name out there. You know, it's not only your name too, right? It's much harm to your family, yeah. um, time away from you. Um, what, what's your plans? What's your plans going forward? I know you're going to come to New York. You're going to do the speaking event. I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be great. Um, everybody, if you're going to get tickets, it's a uh, www.pushpatriots.com. I got it running on the bottom of the screen. It's uh, February 4th, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Prayers, Prophets, and Patriots. It's you know, Pastor weird. Jerome's going to be there. There's a lot of other patriots and pastors and, and people of faith and great leaders coming there to, to speak, for, to, to really pray over us, this our entire nation, not just New York City. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just released a book. I just wrote a book about my run for Congress and that ad that I dropped. And uh, I talked about the spiritual reasons that I was running and why we should be uh, doing the things that we're doing. I believe that we're in the last days. So that's basically what I'm into right now and preaching the gospel, uh, motivating and working here in Arizona, trying to help uh, Carrie Lake fight this case. And see, and this is why, you know, it's very important for us to know who our judges are, you know. <laughs> We can't even we can't get these judges to to look at a case according to the law, you know, you know. So so that's basically it. we're fighting for election integrity and and people asking me, am I running in the future? Well, I, I really am still praying about it. My heart is saying yes, but but really, I need to see if God wants me to do it. And because it really took a lot of my time, a lot of my time to to run for, for office. And uh, and I feel like they, they didn't treat me right. I felt like there was some shenanigans going on there. Pastor, what's the name of your book and where could we find it? Uh, uh, it's going to be released late March. Uh, I guess you can find it in every places of where books are sold. Uh, it's called Make Rifles Great Again, the greatest political ad ever. That's what people are calling. Yeah, that's what it's called, the greatest political ad ever. And uh, it's just, and it, we, did, we just didn't even plan it to do that. We just wanted to do, do an ad. And it turned out to be the greatest thing at the time. And uh, so over 100 million views around the world with censorship. I, I do release audio versions of this as well. So, guys, I, I would I would definitely implore everybody follow Pastor Jerome on Twitter. It's at Jerome for Congress. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm telling you right now, everybody knows that video. 
That is that video is unbelievable. I played it right in the beginning of the show. I'm gonna actually end the show with that as well too. Um, but I do I do like to give you know the last words to all our guests. I don't I know you got a busy schedule. I don't want to take your whole night out. I'm you know we're, we're right smack in the middle of, of the evening for you. So uh, could you leave us with with, with your last words? You know any, anything you'd like us to 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 leave off with? Well, I want to thank you, and uh, I want to thank you for your service as an officer. And I want to just bless all of the officers out there right now across the country. I just want to pray for you. I want to pray that God guards you and keep you safe and that God, you know, his hand would be on your life and on your children. May every one of your lives be protected by the hand of God. We bind the activity of the wicked one. We pray the favor of the Lord upon you in every situation, even when it came to them forcing you to try to get the shot. May the Lord cause you to, to prosper from that financially. And all of the stress and all of the fears that you're going through, may the Lord keep you. And may God keep back the hand of darkness from you and every attack be turned back. I pray the protection of Psalm 91 over your life. And I plead the blood of Jesus over you right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right, Pastor, you're welcome anytime. I have your phone number. You have my email. You ever want to come on, you see anything hot popping off, you want to come talk to the people, you want to get a message out to New York City, to the NYPD, please, I implore you, reach out to me anytime. You're always welcome. It was an honor. Ladies and gentlemen, the great and powerful Pastor Jerome Davison. Pastor, thank you. I'm coming back, brother. I'm coming back. Democrats like to say that no one needs an AR-15 for self-defense. That no one could possibly need all 30 rounds. But when this rifle is the only thing standing between your family and a dozen angry Democrats in Klan hoods, you just might need that semi-automatic and all 30 rounds.